0: You man, long time no see, yo. Long time no see, brother. Uh, you're growing your hair out, there's no more pink, yeah, dude. So, this is uh, this is pretty
1: much the last time I got it cut was when I cut the last of the uh, the pink out. It's in a hat at work, so it's just kind of going wild.
0: Uh, I love it.
1: Maybe the pink will come back, probably not, probably never again, but we'll see.
0: Maybe, maybe not. But, thank Brett, thank you so much for joining another episode of Sipping with Sakari. Are you sipping on anything?
1: I actually, so I'm all set up here. I wanted to, I didn't know what you wanted to do. I've got everything ready to go. I can I'm just gonna pour myself a tea. Um,
0: You're doing a tea. I'm doing a okay, tea, what's dude. Tea? What's tea? Talk to, talk to us about it.
1: So this is actually a, um, uh, okay, okay, okay. So this is just a like extremely um, dark roasted oolong tea that's been infused okay. with charcoal in the, um, in the process of of drying the leaves. Um, I'm I'm not too uh, familiar with it. What's oolong? Oolong tea. So break up all the types of tea. I've been really big into tea. I just started at a coffee shop job. So like the world of tea has just kind of like crashed over me the last week or so. But so all tea comes from the same plant. You've got green tea, white tea, oolong tea, black tea. And then you have herbal teas and fermented teas. The fermented teas you can do with any of the other kinds of tea. Um, And an oolong tea, most of the classification is just based on like The oxidation of the leaves. So an oolong tea is like the broadest range. It's anything that's more oxidized than like a white or a yellow tea, but less oxidized than a black tea. So it's like ten percent more than ten percent oxidation to less than ninety percent. Kind of falls in that oolong category.
0: So if a regular person wanted to get some tea and they were like, "I'm going to try the oolong Mm -hmm. tea," in a brief description, what would you say? Is it robust? Is it smoky? Like what? What is it for us? Well,
1: so I mean, with it being such a broad range, you can get even within oolong teas, they can be all very different. Um, okay. But they are some of the like more exciting teas to the palate. Like if you want, if you are ah, kind of sure. like you want to try something that's gonna like really have a lot of flavor, really strong flavor, and not be like as dark. You know, I don't know some certain black teas for me like can just taste kind of flat. Oolong tea, you can get a lot of really crazy flavors from the really complex flavors. Um, I just tried a milk oolong tea for the first time, and it has this, like, really strong aroma of, like, brown butter. But I've also had other oolong teas that were, uh, like, way lighter and just, I don't know. it's, it's, It's super exciting, and there's so much difference between you know even like i said even different oolong teas you get such so, such a broad range of of differences and I love um and variety so i've been i mean i've been drinking as much tea as i can for like the last 3 weeks it, man the coffee shop man it's is good. like coffee and tea is now just like it, it's your it's world. like a whole yeah a door to passion. a new world has opened up for me it's wild
0: i love it man you you uh you, i don't know man I, all i'm drinking over here is a little lemon lime seltzer over here Heck yeah it. dude I'm, no no tea this is like if i needed a sprite this is like a healthy version of a sprite. lemon lime seltzer there it is i got That's you man for me. well I'll
1: definitely i mean we already talked a little bit uh when we were setting this up but i'll definitely be sending some stuff your way for you to try and i want to hear what you think because hopefully what happens I can't is, wait, brother. hopefully what happens is this didn't happen to me you know you try you know i'll try to send you just one of each type of tea with like a brief description And hopefully that opens up that world for you, too, because it's such a insane, deep history to it. And you and I talked when we were in the competition about just the history of food culture and traditions and all that and how how much that like is a draw for food to me. So the same thing Mm -hmm. is true for for the beverage side. And, you you know, coffee has its own history of like, you know, it was cultivated or not cultivated, but it was just discovered and and became a part of civilization so long ago. But tea is that and then some, you know, like. Throwing love leaves in a, into a pot and cooking it, you know, is something that people have been doing Wait, forever, so.
0: We we were in a competition together? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I'm just kidding. Of course Sometimes you were, right? I'm, I'm just kidding. No, man, I, I love to hear the passion. You know, for me, when we first connected during the show, for those that don't know, Brett here and I were both from House, K- House Kitchen Season 21. And you know, I feel like that's where we really start to connect on the food history, just the passion that heard in your voice. I remember that long car ride mm-hmm. to it was the the, it was yacht. A race ray, the race oh, race was or the the yacht yacht or one
1: ride. of those. It was, it was the race, I think. Yeah.
0: Um, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm happy and, and honored to call you a friend and brother. And I'm so happy to have you on the show. Uh for those that don't know. Please introduce yourself, Brett. Where are you from? How old are you? Yeah. Like, what do you do?
1: So my name is Brett Benninger-Schwartz. Um, I'm 25 years old. I'm from basically the south side of Indianapolis, kind of like a small suburb uh, on the south side of Indianapolis. And I kind of stayed there forever. Um, I was fortunate, like, at least until I was 18. Um, growing up, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, a ton of insanely, you know, talented and just creative mentors to kind of like, you know, Escort me on my way while staying in this really small town like I just happened to find the right people um, and that sent me on this whole journey of food ended up moving to Nashville, Tennessee, shortly after I graduated high school, um, got in in a few really great restaurants in town. Uh, first place I worked at was husk, which was where a lot of that conversation that you and I had on that that uh, car ride came from was, you know, we were just talking about the history of southern food and the influence of black culture and h- how much of that was was taught to me at that restaurant was kind of like, you know, our first step of like finding, you know, becoming, becoming friends, like, um, and really finding common ground of like, you know, okay, this guy, you know, we, we have a mutual respect for the, for the food history and the culture while being from very different journeys, obviously.
0: 100%. For Um, those that Husk is, Husk is a big deal. No, I mean, like people might just hear Husk and they're just like, uh, okay, what's that? Talk to us a little bit about Husk. Yeah, so, Sean Brock. um,
1: Sean Brock, super talented chef, uh, focusing in, um, you know, heirloom ingredients and southern cuisine, but really focusing on southern cuisine, not in the light of like, okay, fried chicken and, you know, collard greens. While we did that and they were delicious, it was like, what more is there? And you go all the way back to the cultivation and, uh, you know, we were taught how to grow rice, how to grow beans, how to do, you know, so much cooking was taught from, you know, slave trade. Like, and when, when people were brought here and what they were taught, you know, in those homes when they were cooking, so much technique. And, I mean, you focused on it, uh, have shown such a light on it, you know, the, the same exact thing I'm talking about where, you know, all of this food history w- was taught to us. And then, you know, however long later, it's just looked at like okay, you know, Southern food is, is collard greens, fried chicken, this and that. But, you know, there's so much more when it comes to vegetables, when it comes to greens, when it comes to different beans and things um or even just a a way of doing something whether you know completely irrelevant of like all of the ingredients you know it's just a a technique or a way of preserving something and so there was so just you know that i spent about the better part of like three years there um and and learning those things and started off as a line cook and made my way up to the point where when i left i i I was a sous chef um Mm -hmm. and you know spending that time in that restaurant where we were growing all of our ingredients you know we were either making everything um from scratch or finding somebody nearby who who did it with local ingredients so we weren't just you know buying um soy sauce for example there had to be somebody in the south that was making soy sauce and wow. you know so and that went for okay. everything whether it was vinegar
0: oh, i love I it there. sorry about that no way you're good um, um
1: but uh southern food
0: food for me is southern food for me man is like it's home man you know what i mean And, and to see your love and appreciation for it is just it's always been really warming and refreshing so you worked at husk and then from there talk to us a little bit more
1: yeah so from there i ended up going to um you know my favorite restaurant in town from husk you know i i was ready for a change of pace at husk We, you know it's not a huge volume restaurant but you're open seven days a week you're doing 200 plus covers a night and it is just like you know, you're just getting beat up every day, and I felt like I was ready for that next step to a more fine dining environment. I wanted to be pushed creatively, and ended up getting in it at my favorite restaurant in town, which um is called Bastion, and it's a chef's taste encounter kind of in the back of this cool bar, um, a little speakeasy vibe, 24 seats, no servers, no bussers, nothing. It's just basically four chefs and the guests. You know. Uh, 24 people at a time. We had a, a small cocktail bar. Um, and that was such an eye-opening and insane experience for people that, you know, have been to the city and I've been lucky enough to eat there. They, you know, it, it is it is a one-of-a-kind experience. It's actually, I'm really trying to get us there. That's the spot I'm trying to get us at. Uh, if I can wrangle all us together one day, uh, nice, I want nice. to go in there yeah. and, and, and eat there. But so that was just such an eye-opening experience to see. You know the really you know fine dining side of food the very technical the you know i'm working a um, a full shift where we're not even open and i'm just prepping because of how extensive some of this prep is i mean we talked about it on the show some of the silly things that maybe you had to prep for a lot of madison or i had yeah. to prep at that spot you know it's just one of those spots where things can get so out of hand because you're you know it, it's it's just it's just one of those spots man like it's such a juggling act of We want to get in the best ingredients we want to do cool things to them but we also want to stay out of their way and we want to give the guests a great experience and there's only four people and it's just you know just one of those places where i'll never i will never never forget forget. working there it was such a (laughs) cool experience to finally get in just eating there was one of my favorite food experiences i've had but getting to be on the other side of it um while it was short-lived my time there got cut pretty short because of the pandemic that's where i was at pandemic and um
0: kind of what would you say What would you say your biggest takeaway from Husk and from that restaurant? You know, you're obviously doing these intricate things. You know, you're learning all these things about Southern cuisine, right? You're growing and developing up as a chef. What do you think like your biggest takeaway was?
1: I think biggest takeaway from Husk for sure was to stay out of the way of the ingredient. I think that was like the most valuable lesson that I learned there as a chef was like, the more you touch this, the more you mess with it, the more you move it around it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Well, it may be small at the end of the day, the more you mess with it, the worse it's going to get, you know? And that is such a great rule for me. And that I have lived by since leaving that place is like, I want to utilize all of this ingredient. I want to do something interesting with it, but I also want to not muddle it, not water it down. I want, you know, it to come through as strong as it possibly can. And that was the coolest thing about a uh, husk. I think that bastion kind of taught me, you know, I think I learned a lot more about how I want to be able to take care of the guests that come into the restaurant. That was so much more of an intimate experience and it was so much more of a fulfilling experience serving in that restaurant, getting to, you know, set the scene and like put on, like, it felt like a performance, you know, it's four of you. There's, you know, we're playing music out of a record player it's candle lit and everything that is done for you is done by the four of us and and the owner and the bartender. And so it's just, such a such a cool thing and having such an intimate experience and being able to like set the set the stage for people and and really just cater this um really exciting experience while also giving the food i think was like you know the, the coolest thing about that and it definitely instilled something in me that um you know i want to i want to be able to cater specifically to people with whatever i do in the future i want to be able to um you know do something that specifically you know, catered to each person. If I can find out a small thing um, right. about them or just any, any small thing, just be ready at yeah, a, a different style of hospitality. And like really pushing that hospitality side was one really cool thing.
0: Um, was it was it, an, was it? an adjustment for you? Cause for me, when I went from like, when I was working at EMP and stuff, you're behind the kitchen, a lot of covers, push, push, push. Mm-hmm. But then when I, when I was working for like a chef's table environment, way more intimate. And for me, it was, it was a difficult thing to just have to, you know, be personable, be on all the time, per se. Was that like a shift? Was that like a, a hard adjustment for you or, or it was just natural?
1: I mean, I've always been a little bit of like a, a louder, more outgoing figure. Um, <laughs> but it was definitely an adjustment it, it, because it just, it changed the way I looked at everything. Because in my, in my whole career before that place, I had never interacted with the people I was serving. So like just right. being there and like just being there for on that side of it and seeing how it just flooded me with so many different thoughts about oh we should be doing this like this and like you know i you just i just thought about things so much differently from that perspective um, so it wasn't as much of a change to be like on all the time necessarily but it changed the way that i wanted to behave the way that i wanted to do things and how things could be packaged to better meet people you know where they are i don't think that i had a i don't think that i had any kind of an understanding of the way that the public respond to food until that spot, and that helped it me when you, I got it into management, you it. right? And, and it, it makes helped you me so it. much when you know I move on from from there. You know, once everything happened with the pandemic, and I'm kind of left like figuring out what to do, and I end up with uh, a, that restaurant called uh, Nada that I was working for when we went into the competition. End up being executive chef at that restaurant, and thank yes. God for the experience I had at Bastion because now I'm able to go out and walk around and drop food and actually talk to people and get feedback on food and then take that extra step of like okay we really want to blow this person away this is like the identity of who we are as a restaurant is that same like catering to people and so it was just this perfect storm of like I left one place super inspired to be able to do that and I ended up in a a position at a restaurant where that is like their driving force was that mentality and so I got to do some really cool stuff with them and um you know that how just
0: old were you you're 20 24 executive chef at 24
1: 24 was when i got the job for uh, as executive chef and not in columbus and that was how i ended Amazing. up in ohio during the filming um my wife and i have lived in murfreesboro or nashville area uh, same as alex for for years but i ended up in ohio because the company wanted to promote me but didn't have the promotion available in the nashville area got it. so we go got to ohio it. i get the opportunity and got to turn that restaurant around in about it took us about 11 months and turned that restaurant around had one of the best teams i've ever worked for um just it was that that experience of like going out there having my first executive chef job mixed with that storm of like i can finally do all of the things that i've wanted to do when i haven't been in management you know i can I can treat the staff that i want the way that i want to and you know i learned yeah. so much about how i didn't want to do things from people that i worked for and i mean i think that everybody has that experience where it's like for better or worse you learn a lot about how you don't want to do things just as much as how you do want to do things um, and so after all these years of like seeing little things and i'm like well i'm just gonna i'm, I'm gonna say yes chef that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna say yes chef, <laughs> but when i am in yeah. management i don't want to i don't want to be that guy i don't want to do things that way And so it was just this awesome, perfect timing of like, I have the opportunity to be in management and have so much freedom within that while also being able to cater to the guests as well as the staff. And that was like, it was just one of the coolest things to happen. Um, And just so happened to happen the same year that we went into Hell's Kitchen too. So it was just, that was such a wild year last year, man.
0: it It was a crazy, crazy year. But for me, what I'm curious, and I'm sure a lot of people listening are curious is like, you know, you're doing all these amazing things, you're an executive chef at twenty four, and then you go on to House Kitchen, which is something we'll talk about a little bit later, mm-hmm. which is its own its own animal. Yeah. Right? But where where does this passion, where does this love for cooking come for Brett? You know, like did it start out young, early? Like, were you did you want to be a basketball player or something before? Like was this well, always what you wanted to do? Like talk to us about that.
1: Well, I I don't come from the best area. It's, it's, it's also definitely not the worst area. Um, but growing up, I always kind of had this feeling looking around at, um, people that were, you know, in, in my life or people that, you know, were older than me or my age. And it just seemed like everybody was trapped. It's like, I I was looking at kids when I was in like elementary school and saying like, okay, well, how many of us are going to still be in the same town? And so I don't know how I got that feeling in me as a kid, that like feeling of, Um, you know, I have to, I have to do something because like nobody ever leaves this town. It's a very small town. And, um, you know, I just kind of instilled this feeling that like I was going to have to work really hard at something, I guess. Um, and Mm -hmm. didn't really know what it was until, I mean, I was, it was before I was 10 years old. I knew I wanted to be a chef. I didn't know what it meant. But, you know, I was asking for a griddle for Christmas or a spice rack or, (laughs) you know, waffle iron, something silly. Um, And and that's kind of how it started. And I was, you know, just it started with that feeling of like, I'm going to have to do something to get my way out of here and build a life for myself. And I want to do cool things and interesting things and travel. and, And, you know, I want to work do something that I love also. And so then cooking came in and I was like, that sounds like it'll work. I didn't, you know, I didn't really know. But. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a culinary program as part of my high school where we were leaving for, you know, half of the day and we were getting into a kitchen. It was like a little vocational school. Um, And that was kind of where I met the first of my now many uh, culinary mentors who have, you know, really taken me under their wing and shown me, you know, shown me the way of things. And um, shout out to Chef Clint Smith at Central Nine Career Academy. I mean, that guy really, you know, he gave me Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. He kind of you know, shines nice. a light on like the the, the the path of like a true, you know, a true cook, even like not even chef, just like, you know, instilled that you have to, you know, you're only as good as your last plate of food and nobody cares about anything. You show it's up for work and you don't call in and like, you know, there were a lot of kids in that class who did not care about cooking. I would say 95% of the kids in that class were just there because they didn't want to be in regular school and were probably they never going to cook outside of the class. Um, uh, yeah. but he saw that I had a real excitement and invested in that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I mean, sometimes- it just kind it kind of took off from there. Once I realized that, you know, once I learned that it was perfect for me and I had already known that I wanted to do it, but it was like, once I learned that it was literally perfect for who I am and what I wanted to do, that's when things really took off. And luckily for me. I decided I wouldn't do it when I was 10 and I started doing it when I was like 15 years old and I've never stopped, you know? And so I just, I just got lucky, but it just happened to be the perfect fit for me, man.
0: You know, sometimes people see things in us before we see them in ourselves. And I think that's an example of that. You know what I mean? Someone seeing that. And because for me, even when I was cooking, I was doing it in high school and, you know, I didn't know that this was what I was going to do until like my teacher came and and because I was just taking it for easy eight, you know, right. just to be frank. But then the teacher came and she was like, you have a natural knack for this. Like, do you cook at home? And start asking me all these questions and things. And then she recommended me for advanced foods and off to the races we went, you know, went to college, right. et cetera, and on and on. So sometimes it takes people to see things in us. And, and uh, it's a really beautiful moment. So talk to us about this pink hair, brother. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, you make it to the show. Did you have the pink hair when you got interviewed? Is so, that why they chose you? Like, talk to us a little bit about it. The that.
1: timing of the pink hair is something that is—it's
0: iconic. By the it, way.
1: it is iconic. It is iconic. So, the so the story is, and this is just truly what happened. We were in the kind of end process. Um, we were in the ending process of the like interview. Like, we were about to find out if we were going to make it on the show or not. But we had no idea. Um, Ashley and I were, you know, still pretty convinced it was a scam or whatever. Um, <laughs> and she's like, she's just putting highlights in her hair. She used to be a hairstylist. Um, she was a hairstylist when we met. She still likes to do her own hair. Um, and so she was putting like little pink highlights in her hair. And I was like, let's freaking dye my head, like my whole head pink. Like, I've never done anything weird with my hair. I was like, let's just fucking dye my hair pink. Like, let's go. And she's like, are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, what if you end up on the show? I was like, do we really think I'm going to end up on the show? Like, are you, like, are we really going to plan and live our lives like I'm going to end up (laughs) on Hell's Kitchen? Or should we just, you know, do this thing? And um, so we dyed my whole head pink. It was a whole process. I had no idea what women or people that get their hair dyed go through to get their hair done. Like, that was, it, it was bleached a couple of times. I had to put a toner in it, had to put the pink in it a couple of times. It was burning my scalp, so you know, I have more respect to anybody that gets their hair done like that. I didn't know. I thought it was just a fun, relaxing time. It was painful and stressful. Um, but so we end up with the,
0: yeah, positive thing. You get to learn from that. Yeah, I have
1: more respect for it. I'm like, oh, you're going to get your hair done. I'm like, oh my gosh, good luck. Godspeed. I'll be praying for you. (laughs) But anyway, so end up, get the highlighter pink, you know, strawberry shortcake hair, whatever we want to call it. Um, and I've got it cut at that time about like this is, so I have like a like a pink mullet dude and yeah, uh do. get the call a few maybe a couple of weeks later that i'm gonna be on and i'm like holy shit uh Let's I'm, like, go. I'm like uh is it okay that my hair's pink now is that gonna be a problem they were like oh no that's just fine basically with my perfect oh yeah you're good we don't mind that at all good for you and i'm like okay that's great and that's uh Figured if I was going to do it, figured if I was going to have the pink hair, I, the mullet needed to go. I couldn't go in with the pink hair and the mullet thought That might be a little over the top. So last minute, cut it into a, a, you know, a normal haircut and got shipped off to Burbank. And the rest, I guess, is history, dude.
0: The rest is history, man. And then the world meets Brett. Yeah. The pink hair Brett, man. Talk to us about your experience on House Kitchen, man. Like, 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 how, how did you see it? Because I know what I went through personally and, and obviously with the with the crew and stuff, like a great time, ups, downs, amazing. What did you go through? Like, what what was some of the things that we didn't see that was edited out maybe that you were thinking about? Like, how was your experience?
1: I think the whole thing was just such a, like from the, from the time we got there, my mentality was just like, I'm so grateful for, the, for this experience. And that I think so much shadowed over everything else. Like, even the competition itself, like I was more just happy to be there. And so grateful for the experience. Like I was obviously trying my best, but no matter what happened, I was just like, this is so fucking cool. You know? Um, And I I had no idea what to expect going into it. I am very, very much a small town kid. Haven't done a lot of, you know, crazy things. I've traveled a, a bit and gotten to go on some road trips, but just nothing to that extent of like, Oh, okay. We're meeting Tony Hawk today and Gene Simmons tomorrow. And, (laughs) <laughs> and this and that and oh, we're gonna go. You know, we're gonna go go kart racing here and meet this person and it just you know that wow. was so overwhelming. Of like, I have never lived like this. And this has never been what I have done. So like you know, I think the the biggest thing for the competition and maybe like you know my experience was just I was just so grateful and just so excited and having so much fun that I kind of like it. It kind of felt less like a competition. Like you know, I don't know how to explain that, but. Um, oh, it didn't it. feel like we were all going against each other. It just, you know,
0: you were just happy to be there. Yeah, You were know? right. like, you were like, man, like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're in hell's kitchen. Like, right. what? Like, what and is so, there to be mad about? What is there to be upset about? What is there to be right? Whatever. And like, the crew just... was
1: so incredible. And all of the yep. whether it was the storyboard producers that we had the confessionals with, or you know, our our set PA's and Jake the driver. I mean, he was like. An page K as far as
0: I'm concerned. Shout, Shout out Jake, Jake man. Let's go, uh, man. I love it. But so do you, you have had two... some, you had some highlights as well, Brett. Talk, oh, talk to yeah. us a little bit about. Talk to you had a lot of highlights. Excuse me. Oh yeah, including that's, your that's hair, little... including your hair. Exactly. But talk to us a little bit about your smash burger because for me that stood out. Well, that yeah. smash burger so, was a killer.
1: There was a lot of pressure on that one, and I did a few things that were. <laughs> You know, you could have probably looked at the plate of food and said, like, oh, this guy worked at Husk. Like, if you knew Husk's food, you look at that, you're like, all right, this guy, this guy is making some Husk food. I, I did a version of, of the wings we used to do there. And I did the the smash burger is like a piece of Husk's identity. Um, wow. And so as soon as we get that burger challenge and we find out one person's got to go solo, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I kind of felt like I had to do it. I was like, I'll go solo on the burger. Like, I can do this. We're going straight smash burger. Like, I've got this in a bag. Um, you were it kind so of confident was like, it kind of, was I kind so of just confident. like went into it Like like I said it before I thought about it I was like I'll do Smashburger I got it solo this that Like we're done let's not talk about it anymore And then remember. as we're about to start cooking I'm like alright I better not fuck this up Like now, now <laughs> all of a sudden I feel the pressure like I should have felt yeah. it Five minutes ago when we were talking about it And I was all confident but I was like I really got to back this shit up um, I love it And so yeah so that was like I mean we couldn't have set me up any better for that Um, With the ingredient list, I had absolutely no piece of food on my tray that I was like, How is this going to work on a burger? You know, it was creme fraiche, tomato, American cheese, black truffle. Like, come on. It was just, it was just, Uh, yep. And so I was like, I just got knocked this out of the park and kind of disassociated for the better part of 45 minutes and, you know, just kind of did, did what I know and pulled it off. And, you know, standing there waiting for that, I was like, you know, I, I, I know I killed this, but you you never know anything. And it wasn't until they turned that tile around that like every bit of anxiety washed just washed away. And then it was just total like frat bro party on the blue side, like because that was our first challenge was the boys. So it was like all my anxiety's gone, and like let's the go. boys just won this shit. Let's go! Was, like, we killed it. So that was I mean that was definitely one of the peaks of of the competition. Was like all right, we're coming onto this new team. And I get to kind of, like, prove myself in this opportunity where, like, I had to, you know, my back's against the wall. And, you know, I want to prove myself. And I and you did continue it. to, like, keep try to keep that mentality of, like, I want to put myself in the most difficult position and still pull it off. That's, like, I want to be that guy. I want to jump after the challenging thing and, and, yep. and pull it off. And that always didn't work out in my favor.
0: I love it, though. I love it, man. You you smashed it. See what I did there? You smashed it. Thank you. Yeah, that, um, was, uh, that was
1: a that was that was a good day for sure. I'll never forget.
0: It, it was a great day, and one day that I won't forget is, uh, you know, people think we have a little beef, Brett. <laughs> people oh, think, I see, you know. So my mom, to my mom, she was like, like what? And I get phone calls. I'm getting phone calls. I'm getting text messages all about Brett, and I'm like, I love Brett. You know what I mean? It's it's a very intense, high intense. Environment and those confessionals always go in different directions. You never know. For people that are listening and watching, there's so many things that are edited out. Time the timeline's
1: a little tricky. The the, timeline's a little tricky. You
0: never never know when it was. It might (laughs) the way that it it comes out isn't always the way it seems. But are we cool, Brett? Is there love? Because I love you, Brett. Cool, Sakari. Look, I love. Come on, I fucking love you, Brett. Here's (laughs) here's what happened. Love you back. You
1: did better on charity night than me. I go home. They invite me back two days later to start, oh, let's start talking about the competition. So I'm like, man, fuck Sakari, dude. That guy's fucking, that, dude, Sakari sucks, man. Like, love it. And like, I'm going back. I, I went fine. back. I talked some Smack about everybody. Like, and almost every time I was talking Smack, aside from a couple of points, that, that was all after I got eliminated. And I was just like, man, what do you want to ask me? I was like talking to the storyboard producer. I'm like, man, who do you want to talk about? Who you want to talk about? I love it. I love it, man. No,
0: it's it's all fun in uh, games. It's all fun in games.
1: This thing came about when when I yeah. was like, oh, a few, a few crazy slipped in, like episode one. I got a full beard in that. My hair is different. Like that
0: was like Oh, Wow, unique. that's that's an iconic moment right there. That's I remember right, that right. little yeah, that, that, that comic. Like, all
1: right, this guy, this guy's crazy. It's, I don't know, it's just Funny stuff like that. Like I, got, I I did get a real kick out of talking shit. In the moment, because we were all still cool, like I, I came back what two days later after I said that we all hang out, everything's good again. But that confessional, they get me, you know, in that sweet spot where I haven't seen you since I left. I, you, I you guys it. sent me home. I'm like, man,
0: Sakari can't cook, Alex can't yeah.
1: cook, Daphne can't cook.
0: <laughs> I love it, man. It's so fun, man. But I fucking, oh, love, I
1: love. i mean everybody in that in that crew, man. Like you know, all all 18 of us, I got love for and. You know, some of us got got really tight. I think that our our room in the dorms, like me, you, Alejandro and Vlad, like that room was like such a bond from the beginning. And it wasn't until I went over to the red team and y'all had to move your beds into the other room that we got that we got split up. And that was all that was how the room got split up. It wasn't by somebody going home. It was because of.
0: Cause we were all together. We were like, we're going yeah, to, we, we were all bridge. still there past that, but we got
1: split up. Like that room was tight, um, you know, from, from the brother. beginning. And so that was like, that was just such a huge good, bond. Time,
0: man. Such good. I remember waking up, man. And just, just looking over like who's sleeping, who's up. Like I was always sleeping. Time, I was never
1: up. If, if, if they weren't calling us into the kitchen, dude, I was out. I love
0: it, man. So talk <sighs> so to so us nice. before we get out of here. Uh, I definitely want to see the tea. So oh, yeah, 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 here, let see. me,
1: let me, I didn't, I didn't want to be rude and step off.
0: Oh, no, no worries. This is when a commercial would come in, everybody. Mm-hmm. Commercial and scene. Yeah,
1: I got, got a new cat this week. We love Freaking that. On the
0: house. You got any pets, Sakari? I do not have any pets, uh, I love pets, but I don't have any pets. Okay. I used to have a goldfish though. I used to have a parrot. Oh, a and, and uh,
1: goldfish. That's an unlikely pair.
0: Yeah, right. Little fun times, you know. In the mean in the meantime, uh, shout out Hexclad. Go to get some pets. And uh, Brett is back. Pew, 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 pew. pew. Here I am. All I'm right, actually, I'm, Before... I'm waiting
1: for that kettle to warm up, but I'll see if I can no um, I'll see if I can actually show you
0: this this tea. Let me see here. So, Brett, while you're doing the tea, I love it. I'm Thank you for showing us the well, tea, man. man. I can't. I can't wait to get some tea. Uh, before we get out of here, Brett, couple things. Tell me your biggest takeaway, your biggest lesson from House Kitchen. Let's go.
1: Biggest takeaway for me, um, hands down, was how much learning I still have to do in this industry. Um, I was very humble yeah, just... still when I went into that competition. Um, definitely was not I've never been like a very egotistical person. But I was like, you know, I'm fucking I'm I'm pretty good. You know, like I'm 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 feeling pretty good. I started to, you know, you know, maybe get a little overconfident about my abilities and that show, that competition, that experience definitely, you know, in a in a good way knocked me down a pick or two and I was like kind of had it was forced to take the step back of like, Oh my god, I still and such a, you know, I'm still so young and so new to the game, that like it, it just lit this passion, I'm, like just lit a fire under my ass of like, bro, you are, you still have so much to learn, um, and I, you know, I've been extremely grateful for that. And since then, I've actually stepped away from my position as executive chef at Nada, um, and and just kind of back to back to the learning grind. I got the coffee shop job that I'm working full time. And then I also have a full-time night job in a kitchen working with a buddy of mine. Um, and I don't think that without Hell's Kitchen, I would have been able to take that step down and say, like, I don't need to be an executive chef at 25 years old. I can still just be, you know, I can just be a cook at this place and this place and learn at this spot, you know. And i um, so grateful for that because those things and those experiences and what I've done has made me so much more excited about food again, too. So just the biggest that. takeaway it's a blessing. was... much i yeah absolutely and i'm I'm still so thankful for that and you know gordon told me uh on a couple of occasions like you know you're a very talented cook like but why are you an executive chef right now you know and when somebody like gordon ramsay is going to say that to you you're crazy if you don't think about it at least a little bit and say like you know why am i and why did i do this and at the time i made the decision to go into management because i wanted to better support my family because there's not that much money to be made in the restaurant industry and so it's like, you kind of have to sacrifice your, what you want to do, if you want to make a little bit more money. Um, but just really took a good look at things and said, like, why am I doing this? Do I have to do this? And would I be happier doing something else, even if I was making less money? And that isn't what I ended up doing. It was like, I'm going to have to take a pay cut, but I want to go back to, you know, learning as much as I can every day and, you know, love re- rediscovering that passion. I'm
0: gonna grab that. Kettle the, roots, the roots of it, the roots of it, Brett, you know, for me, where my mind goes is that it's not taking a step down. It's, it's, it's just having a different perspective, right? Like Hell's Kitchen and these opportunities that we have, they open our eyes to so many different things, so many different people, so many different experiences, and it makes us appreciate life and the value of really what's important to each person, whether that's a job, whether that's someone's wife, whether that's a family, you know, and so on and so forth. So, for me, man, that, that's, that makes me happy that you're on the path to what well, we're all on to the path of of just finding happiness, you know? And I, I went through something similar where, you know, people are like, Sakari, what are you doing? You're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this. But for me, it's finding what I love, which is food and, and cooking and, you know, everything around food. So um, I'm so, so happy for you, Brett, on, on this journey and just know that you have a friend here. Always and forever, brother, we've shared something that uh most people don't share in their lifetime, so um I'm always here to support you, man and uh I can't wait to see the amazing things that you do in this this industry in this in your career and in, in life, period, you know what I mean um so I'm super excited, man. I hope you enjoy the tea, man. Thank you so much there we go there's the beautiful. cheers beautiful. look at that beautiful. beautiful, look at that, thank you so much. For joining us, another episode of Sippin' with Sakari. Where can they find you, Brett? Before we get out of here,
1: that's an interesting question. You can find me on Instagram at Bretticus twenty uh, seven.
0: How do you spell that? What is
1: that? B r e t t i c u s twenty seven. You'll see the pink hair, little cartoon drawing. Shout out to my Amazing. buddy Colin. Beautiful piece Let's of go. artwork. One of my favorite, uh, you know, personally uh, made pieces of art. Um,
0: Let's go. But yeah,
1: outside of that, I mean. Um, hopefully, hopefully I end up getting into a little bit of, um, you know, I want to be able to promote cool things about food and beverage. I'm working right now on trying to get some more content. As far as those things go, I work with some really cool stuff, um, at both of my jobs and make some really cool stuff about them and use really exciting products. And so hopefully, you know, I'll be putting some more of that on my, uh, my social media. I've done a few videos on some teas, but. Outside of that, I'm working somewhere in Nashville any day of the week, baby. I'm, Today's my here second day off in two months. So Woo! I'm always somewhere.
0: And, and I'm honored and humbled that you chose your time to come spend it with us here. So be, they, thank you so much, Brett, man. Um, can't wait. And you can catch us both on this season of Hell's Kitchen on Hulu. Um, thank you, thank you, Brett, man. It's been truly an honor and uh Take care, brother. Yeah, buddy. Thank you so much for having me. Seriously. Thank you so much for being here. Have a good one. Love. Sip it with Zikari.